Welcome to Cool Breeze Over the Mountains, a podcast where we chronologically step through and discuss each film starring Keanu Reeves. My name is Andrew Gormley, and I am one of your hosts. I am joined on this episode by my co-hosts. Before this film, she absolutely loved the concept of free pizza. Whitney mm-hmm. Nelson. Mm-hmm. That's me. And, oh my God, she's like a mythbuster. Lindsay Nelson returns. <laughs> Hello. God, I hated that line so much. <laughs> I can't get it out of my brain. There's so much I can't get out of my There's brain. There's a lot. There's a lot. If there was a way to, like, eternal sunshine this movie from my brain, I would do it. I oh. really did not want to finish or record this podcast. I did not want to finish the movie, and I did not want to record this podcast. Now, I'm here because I always have a good time, and I'm in a safe space. However, just forewarning everybody, this is garbage. And I (laughs) am only talking about it under protest. Uh Uh Uh-huh. Well, and, and as a public service, if we can prevent anyone else from watching this movie... Yeah, we'll get there. Let's let's do the Andrews up top stuff. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I, mm-hmm. I think there's no there's no secrets here uh, already. Yeah, uh, no. but <laughs> as always uh, up top, uh, as as we always do, mention you can find the website at coolbreezepod.com. Email us coolbreezepod at gmail.com, or hit us up on Twitter at coolbreezepod. <laughs> we have a couple of really great listener reviews coming up that Whitney is going to love to read. So you can always write in to let us know what you think about what we're going to watch. Yes. If you are live on Periscope or Twitch, you can chime in with your two cents. Have us read your comments aloud, either agree or debate you. I see you, Jody. Uh, yep, she is telling us, uh, she, she, she told us so. Uh, look, I did not, you know, I was not in a doubter here. I did not doubt Jody either, but boy, we have oh to. boy, we have to. It's a we have to do this. We're obligated. Yeah, to be taken seriously as Keanu Reeves scholars, you must. There's a lot of endurance I've mm. we found. <laughs> Season three has really put us to the test. <laughs> Uh, and then finally, if you want to be excellent to us, please share the show with your friends and rate and review us on iTunes. Bring more folks into the fray. And, and, and that's really it. So, Lindsay, I would love for you to tell us what we're here to talk about today. Whether you, whether you like it or not, we have to talk about why we're here today. <laughs> I mean, in for a penny, in for a pound, right? So today we're that's talking it. about the film Knock Knock. Uh, The plot synopsis from IMDb is a devoted father helps two stranded young women who knock at his door, but his kind gesture turns into a dangerous seduction and a deadly game of cat and mouse. Mm. Uh, So this Mm -hmm. movie uh, could have only been directed by Eli Roth. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Burn. Uh, Whose other directing credits include Cabin Fever, Hostel, The Green Inferno, and in a very weird turn, the only Eli Eli Roth movie I like, The House with the Clock at Its Walls. Um, yeah. Very charming, spooky kids movie. I don't know where that came from. But uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> um, this is a, a small cast, but alongside, you know, our boy Keanu is Lorenza Izzo, Ana yep. de Armas, Aaron Burns, and Ignacia Alamond. So, Whitney, uh, mm-hmm. did anybody like this movie? What did the critics say? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone liked it too much. I'm going to be honest here. On Rotten Tomatoes, we have a 37% critical score and a 20% audience score. And both How? of those are too high. That's How? too much. That's too much, guys. 
I'm going to need all of you to to go at least two stars down from wherever it was you said. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got a critic quote from Christy Lemire writing for RogerEbert.com who says, as a piece of social satire, Knock Knock winds up being not just toothless, but anticlimactic. And a user on Rotten Tomatoes, Aldo G, gave it one and a half out of five stars and says, the only, performan- only the performances of Lorenza Izzo and Anna Armas as the sadist femme fatales get a thumbs up here. The rest of this Eli Roth fiasco gets the middle finger. <laughs> uh-huh. And then... Melissa wrote in her thoughts and says, I don't like horror. Melissa Chonka uh, says, I don't like horror. Had no idea who Eli Roth was. So I had zero expectations of liking this movie, even if my main man Keanu was in it. It was not an enjoyable movie to watch at all. (laughs) You know what I hated most about this movie? All the art in the house. Why was every inch of the house covered in bad art and family photos? It was distracting. Forget watching two women torturing John Wick, I mean Keanu. All I could focus on was the art. Every frame of the movie had the art in it. Who has time to hang that much art in their house? I'm (laughs) so with you, Melissa. Uh I have so many questions about this movie. Why does Keanu seem so stiff as a father? Why did the family leave him on Father's Day? Why did he wear that awful cardigan? Why did the Uber take 45 minutes? Why did Monkey have to stay home? Why? What did he think was going to happen when he invited them in? Why was this movie ever made? Street Kings isn't looking so bad now, is it? <laughs> Melissa. Woo. Oh, Melissa. I mean, she's right boy, about oh, Street boy. Kings, yeah, though. She's... She's not wrong about a lot of that. I long for those halcyon days. I was just about to say, I yearn for something like Street Kings again. Uh, And then a friend of the show, Zoe P, says, I hate this fucking film. I wish to God I had never sat through it at all. It bugs the shit out of me. It's supposed to be a morality tale. Married man paying the consequences for a night of sex with two girls. He couldn't help it and they were offering it. The line that really bothers me is, it was free fucking pizza. It's the usual sexist Hollywood shit. He's just away from his wife and hasn't had sex for a while, so that makes it okay. The wife won't find out. The girls were giving him the come on, so of course he will say yes. I think it goes deeper than that, and I'm about to just go right into it because I have, as always, a lot of thoughts and feelings. Whitney, can I, can I just ask you one question yes. before you get... I uh-huh. want you to go first and get yes. into it. Does, does there exist an Eli Roth film that you have liked? A cl- uh, house with a clock in its walls. Oh, okay. Just, so just, I mean, so None not of his what other you ones. would. Tra- no. Yeah, not what you would consider like a traditional no. Eli Roth film. Yes, Got exactly. it. That's I all I, I needed to I know. I've seen multiple <laughs> traditional Eli Roth films, but I have not enjoyed any of them. I enjoyed them more than this one. This is definitely his worst movie, um, but it's also maybe the worst movie I've ever seen. I did not think for so long, I did not think that Ellie Parker was going to be supplanted. And then I was like, nothing can be worse than Generation Um. And here we are with something worse than Generation Um. Here we are indeed. I am. Okay. So there's there's two facets of this that I really want to talk about. One is Eli Roth 
is very good at recreating horror movies without understanding horror movies. He is a <laughs> yes. fan of horror, and he does such a good job. There's cinematography in this movie around the corners, like turning this modern house into a labyrinth. There's stuff that works. He knows when the tension should ratchet up. He knows how to make things feel awkward, but he doesn't understand why to make a horror movie in the in the first place. And there's no heart or core to it that makes it feel like it applies to you in any way that makes you scared. Hostel didn't make me scared. Like all of the mm. ones that I've seen just didn't make me scared, but they have all of the theoretical components of a horror movie. They just don't have the heart of a horror movie. And I'm not saying heart is in like a feel good family friendly little miss sunshine no, kind no, no. of way. Just, just like the the yeah. core <laughs> emotions that I should be feeling are not in an Eli Roth movie. And that makes this movie even more reprehensible than it would have been otherwise. Same script, different director, <laughs> still reprehensible, but it's even more so without the heart in it. So the other part of this movie is it is sort of staged in an, a female revenge like Keanu deserved it because he cheated on his wife. That's the, the like wrapping on the package. But what's inside of that wrapping is an incel manifesto on bitches be crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And it's just women will ruin you and they will make you crazy and they will ruin your life because they are crazy. And there's also a part of me. I have a lot of thoughts and feelings about mental health and how it is portrayed. And I'm not certainly not here to vouch for any murderous psychopaths, real or imagined. There's a lot of them out there, and I'm not going to vouch for them in a I am fine with what they're doing kind okay, of way. But, I mean, these women do not exist in the world. Let's just, this, I mean, that's what I'm saying. This no, bothers me yeah. on a level of being aware of mental health, and if you're going to have psychopaths crazy murdering people and torturing them and whatever, that's fine. But you got to do it in a way that I believe, and I did not believe a second of this. The, the swings from manic too rational and composed and the the ways that they were crazy none of it made lined up with anything else in this so even on a these two girls are crazy it doesn't line up for me which just left all of the movie empty except for bitches be crazy that is just mm. what you get in the end is it's literally i felt like i was on like an incel reddit or something where it was just like Women only want to ruin your life. And one way or another, they're going to do it. Whether it's by killing you or setting you up for all of this nonsense or whatever. It just... Or even by having a gallery opening that they have to do that they can't take care of you right at this moment. Uh, yes. Uh, that was uh, not a good start <laughs> to the film. We haven't had sex in too long. And she's like, oh, I have to take care of everyone and make them all happy. And he was like, whoa. We don't have to do it right now. We just have to do it eventually because it's your part of your job. Whatever. Mm. Anyway, I like the music, but that was a lot of it. I liked it just because it was part of the story. It was diegetic music. And I always like diegetic mm -hmm. music, even if it's bad music. I like when there's something mm -hmm. like a record player and that half the songs in the movie come from the record player or more. Um, I like that. I thought that. Like I said, some of the cinematography, I definitely am with Melissa on this art thing. It was every frame was so cluttered and it was kind of 
hard to watch the people sometimes because there was so much stuff in the background and everyone knows if there's so much stuff in the background, your eyes are going to try and figure out what it is. Um, mm -hmm. They have more family photos in their house than any family I have ever seen. And that includes my <laughs> father who has giant pictures of his children all over the place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, been a way more interesting is that this was a subtle hint at the family's deep narcissism and in the end the family was uh you know psychopaths who murdered them would have been way more interesting so of a movie because much more interesting <laughs> <laughs> nobody has this many pictures of themselves and that tells a story and has a moral and like there's a reason why that's scary is because they seem like a normal family but they seem like it's so much that they're like narcissists and and drawing you into their web that's that is a reason to be scared because that is people that you know might be these people. No one is these two girls. I'm not scared of them. Mm -hmm. I'm not scared of them for nope. Keanu's sake or for my sake. It didn't do mm. anything for me in a like thriller. Just go watch Cruel Intentions and don't ever think about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on the box. Mm -hmm. Also, they couldn't even put the effort into staging the family photos well because they're all like from one photo one shoot. One photo where they're shoot, all and they're the all wearing the same clothes. outfits. Yeah, it was. <laughs> oof, guys, this is a rough one. I literally did not think I would ever see a movie worse than Generation Um, and here we are, just a couple of movies later, and I did not like this <laughs> more than Generation Um was poorly made and boring. It was not about anything or anyone. It was wasted hours of film and time this was actually like morally upsetting to me so it's more it's worse mm -hmm. than even though it's better made than generation um in a lot of areas it is far worse right. to me because it's just as poorly made in some respects as generation um but there's it actively like turns me off with the the like moral of the story and how they're trying to package the moral of the story in an almost feminist box the family was super awkward i think that she's a great actress the wife uh the kids were mi miserable actors uh and i also think maybe they were miserable on set all of this felt like a student <laughs> film i don't understand how everyone was such a bad actor when we've seen a lot of these people act at other times and i other actually places. disagree with people who say that keanu reeves was a stiff father i think that was the warmest i've ever seen him on film yeah um <laughs> i think that he there were moments of his like father's day cake and whatever like when he said chocolate cake with sprinkles my favorite that was a very that felt very real because it's like a I don't want to eat this right now, but you guys made me a chocolate cake with sprinkles and want me to eat it for breakfast. And it for was, breakfast. and he he had a warmth that you usually don't see. There's he's usually much more aloof than that. I don't think it was super. I think that the the family dynamic they had no chemistry at all. None of them with anyone else. The brother and sister didn't mm -hmm. have any chemistry. The mom and the kids. The dad and the kids. No, the mom and the dad. No one had chemistry with anyone else. I do think that Keanu. It got less stiff as it went along. I think the two girls did do a pretty good performance as far as what they were given. I feel like they really acted their butts off. Mm -hmm. They're just terrible, terrible characters that don't make any sense and are terrible. 
So I do feel like it got less stiff as it went on, but it starts very uncomfortably awkward for me because the family just doesn't, it feels like no one wants to be there. When the kids are delivering their lines about like the alarm clock or the whatever, it's like they're being forced to be there at gunpoint. And that was more scary than anything that happened in the rest of the movie. Right. They got that. They got a Stranger Danger vibe from Eli Roth. They're like, I don't know about this guy over here. I don't know about this guy. Fair. Fair play to them. Uh, like, Mom, Dad, are you sure this is a union production? Should we be right. here? I don't think this is good for me Reneg- to be We need to renegotiate. Um, and then the very last frame, well, the very last frame is the wife's face, but the second to last frame is the two girls have ruined all of the art. They've graffitied over everything, all of the family portraits, all the art on the walls, defaced the statues, etc., etc. But the very last thing that you see before the wife's face of taking in this house is art isn't real. Art does not exist. Real art doesn't... I can't remember exactly what the wording was. I think it was four words. Yeah. So art is not real is probably what it was. But I think that's what it was. That seemed like a whole other statement that Eli Roth was trying to like cram jam in there at the very last fraction of a second. And that is an even just as bad of a moral to take away from this is art is not real as any of this other nonsense about women and men and being trapped and whatever. I don't know what that was about because we saw other graffiti. Some of it was clear. Some of it was not. But this last thing that we're seeing is art isn't doesn't exist there's no such thing as art i was like (laughs) that's what you're gonna leave us with there's so many random quick bad eli roth hot takes in this movie (laughs) but like you cannot even and they're just not so few of them are addressed in any actual way it's like he was so desperate to try and find out something that this that was going on in this movie that he just kept throwing out i mean there's that one point where they make like a one percent comment yeah it's just like yeah. Oh, man. It's this... a lot. Uh. Also, the fact that these Gosh. two girls have, like, a cleaner was super weird to me, too. And that took me out of the yes, movie for a minute. There's so like... many random asides in this movie where it was like... <laughs> They're like, <laughs> he's going to hate us yeah, for that. Yeah, going to get a real some... kick out of this one. He could make anything disappear. Why do you have a cleaner? Like, it's one thing for you to go around and trap all of these men into cheating on their wives and then torture them because of it. It's a whole other thing to have a cleaner. Like, if you can't get rid of your own bodies, don't be doing what you're doing. (laughs) Who is this, like, I don't remember what his name was. I want to say Arturo. I think it started with an A, but that could be just pulled out of my butt. But the fact that there's this guy who's, like, willing to follow these two women around as they psychotically do this stuff in no particular order. It's all. It's all bad, guys. Don't watch it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, seriously, guys, what the hell is this movie? Like it it is not anything and it's so much at the same time. Like it's not <laughs> scary enough to be a box, horror Andrew. movie. Th- put that on the box. <laughs> it is I can do that. Oh yeah. my gosh. It is nothing. It's so much nothing. And it then is it, nothing, a, but it's a lot. so much. It's so a lot. It's not scary enough to be a horror movie. It's not gory enough to be a torture porn. It's not silly enough to be funny, like a send up of this kind of, it's not like tense enough to be a thriller. 
it's not anything. And yet so much is happening. And it's just... Uh, this movie is, is a complete bafflement to me in the like, how did this possibly get made department? Like there were there were just like 24 minutes left in the movie, literally 24 minutes left in the movie. And my boyfriend who was watching it with me turned to me and said, just turn it off now. Just turn it off. And I was like, <laughs> I can't. Matter. I have Nothing to talk about this. And he was like, do you though? And I was like, yeah, man, that's the whole point. And then he was like, they're making you an idiot for watching this or something like to that effect. He watched the whole rest of it with me. Like he finished it when I wouldn't turn it off. But that's just like, it's not just my opinion. It is other people's opinion as well. Yeah. So I don't uh, like we mentioned when he was talking, these women do not exist. There is nobody in the world who acts or feels like this. And also like. They also didn't do a lot of torture for that supposedly being their whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, there was so much random running around in this movie and so little actually tor- actually torturing the person they're supposed to torture. Um, it's so weird how they try and give it this, like, feminist lens when Whitney's right. This is, like, a deeply incel movie. It thinks women are just the worst and only their boobs are good. And, like, <laughs> even in the whole <laughs> three-way having sex in the shower scene... There was so much of just like their bodies and not Keanu's at all. And it Mm. just like in every possible way that this movie could be bad to women, it was. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. like there was nothing empowering about this. There was nothing like vicarious about it. The pacing was so weird. It was super boring for like a half an hour. Like it was just incredibly dull and awkward. Mm -hmm. Like what he said, all the family stuff was super awkward. His whole playing the nice guy part before they, like, force him into sex uh, was so stiff. And I do agree that it got less stiff when he stopped trying to be the nice guy. But, like, it was just, yeah, it was so weird. There wasn't enough hints of mania when they were trying to, like, to set up their ruse for how manic they got immediately the next morning. Um... It, yeah, it was it was so weird, the part where they have him tied up and they put his family alarm clock and then they just run around doing a bunch of stuff, completely <laughs> ignoring him there. Uh-huh. The, the way that they dug the grave and then they drag him into it and then they prop him up in it, like nothing that they did made any sense at all. Like the putting the video of him having sex with one of them on Facebook was the most sensical thing that they did if they were actually trying to do any of the things that they were the movie was trying to say they were trying to do at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, it's just this movie is is terrible. The script is bad. Some of the cinematography is kind of interesting, but it's not even really visually consistent throughout the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's weird. This house is terrible to look at. There is just too much uh, art, as, as before previously stated, and um yeah also like he's got this closet full of suits which nothing that he wears any of the rest of the time would indicate that he's like a suit guy like it just (laughs) there was no logical through line Uh of anything in this movie those are from when he was a dj obviously (laughs) which was a huge plot point It yeah, was. I mean, it's just all this stuff where you felt like they were trying to make meaning out of this movie. All the random asides of art is not real and the one percent and like I used to be a DJ and just the whole <laughs> weird thing with flight attendants. Like, I don't 
Yeah. Well, and also the whole thing of I I get it, but like them being underage and then not being underage. Like we don't I don't need that. We already get the point of like you're trapping men into affairs and then shaming them for their affairs. And I get from the the very first yeah. thing that they do to get to keep him from calling the cops, but they kept doing it the whole time. Like it was a huge part yeah. of their like quote unquote torture and the whole game was like what should happen to a pedophile right. or whatever it was like and i just that again played into the 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 incel thing of hating women and women are just going to manipulate you and turn you from a nice guy into a pedophile or whatever yeah i mean even the fact like how much they kept changing clothes and stuff felt like a weird male dig it at did. women it did it did like for sure <laughs> How cute was that dog, though? Monkey. That dog was very cute. <laughs> they walk out with the dog at the end, which is also a thing that is not at all like. No, uh, absolutely there's no, not. There's, there's no like planting and payoff anywhere in this movie. <laughs> like the the she did the thing where she was eating out of the dog's bowl when they were having breakfast. But that was like the only other thing about the dog, except for the whole thing about him staying with him. The whole fact that the dog was made such a point of staying with him in the beginning means something more should have happened with the dog. And yet nothing <laughs> did until they randomly walk out with him at the end. They had to change it because Keanu Reeves was already in a movie about a where dog. something happened <laughs> about to a the dead dog. dog. <laughs> we, could, we couldn't do that twice in the same year. <laughs> so so that's all of my thoughts andrew what about you your turn now <laughs> good god all right i have a couple things i, I want to go out on a limb and say movies are miracles right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like it's absolutely a, it is a fucking miracle that a movie ever gets made yes. ever and so none of us are like actively in the business of making movies, right? But I think we've all had some we've experience. We've all had our hands in it a little like bit. like tertiary. There, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we all know that like there are a thousand decisions that have to be made mm-hmm. and 400 different people have to approve it, mm-hmm. uh, different aspects of it, right? And it is mind-boggling to me that this film – in this state, got the thumbs up from everybody down the line. Mm-hmm. Like, I cannot mm-hmm. believe that this, everybody who watched this was like, yeah, looks great. Do it. Yes, of course. Yes, yes. <laughs> in, in, I say that because retroactively, this movie makes some of the other movies that we were harsh on seem like far better films. Yeah. And I cannot believe <laughs> that I'm saying yeah. that. Like, what Whitney has said about Generation Um, I was like, I feel like I'd, pro- yes. That's the movie that I would watch. Like if you were like, yeah, if oh. you said Whitney, sit down and watch Knock Knock or Generation Um. You have to choose one. I would choose Generation Um every time. For, it, it's interesting. Friend of the show, Dan Dan Tendo sixty four wrote us and said Generation Um had no point. Knock Knock had a point that was bad. Yep. Right. That really and that's actually what's very, offensive about very, it. That's why it's so bad. It's not that it's yes, more poorly tried. made. Is that it's actively pushing something like terrible <laughs> instead of just not connecting on, you know, like different levels. It's just like, no, this is about something bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's about something terrible. And 
The woman who plays Genesis was at one point married to Eli Roth, and Eli- that yes. has to feel really weird to be in this movie with this kind of view of women I mean, having been married to a lot to of guy. people who've, who've done that. That's <laughs> neither really here nor there for me. I'm, I'm wondering how all of these people got on board, really. So, like, Gen- the character of Genesis married to him at the time of making this. So that was a pretty... She's been in a lot of Eli Roth movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she was it, in it, Cabin Fever and she was in Green Inferno. So. Yeah, so it's a, th- it's a thing. I get it. But then uh, Ana de Armas, who is, by all accounts, like, an incredible actress. Mm-hmm. Like, not, you know, she's good in this, but the things she has done since are very, very good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And how the hell did Keanu Reeves say yes to this movie? It actually, it go, it's like so against brand for him. Yeah. Like yes. everything that he's built, like I get it. You want to be a bad guy. We've seen him as a bad guy, but not like. I love him as a bad guy. Just a, this is not a bad guy thing. Yeah, this is not a villain. It's just like, I, I, it's hard to. Like, this is an everybody sucks movie. So it's not. Yeah. Right. And he's not <laughs> like actively a bad worst. guy. Get, maybe he hasn't been offered many roles in the horror thriller genre. And so he was like yes. excited about that part. But everything that I know about Keanu says this is not the kind of movie that he would jump to accept. Right. I I figured it might have been like Eli Roth is a name, right? Mm-hmm. So when you're like, oh, maybe I could be in an Eli Roth movie. I don't I, I have no idea. Like I, I can't actually like I would personally turn that down. But maybe that's appealing to some people because <laughs> Keanu's literally worked with like a lot of other major directors, a, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. The first thing that I thought after this movie ended, I was like, the first question I asked myself was, how old is Eli Roth? And the reason I asked that was because I went back <laughs> and I was like, what was this guy? 18? So at so That's the only way that uh, it makes sense. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, he was born in 72. So I was like, what was popular when this guy was a teenager that would have like, because I feel like. A lot of directors, they find the thing that they that turns them on, and then that's what a lot of their movies are about, mm-hmm. like in in ways both subtle and overt. And mm-hmm. for him, at fif- at fifteen years old, Fatal Attraction was the movie, and I'm like, I guarantee he loves that fucking movie, but he missed the mark <laughs> of everything that was good about Fatal Attraction right. I mean, that's the by a, like a massive degree. That's the thing that I feel like with all of his movies that I've seen, he. He knows the elements, like he in, ingests them, and he's like, I like that. That's a good decision. I like that. And then he tries to recreate it, and it's not, it doesn't come out right. Like, right. It's like he he's seen them, and he likes them, or he knows that they're good, but he doesn't understand what's happening in the movie. He, he, doesn't, he, can't understand. Reproduce it. he doesn't understand why it's good. Yeah. How? How did it, how did it good? Um <laughs> It's fu- it's funny because he is often lumped in with Tarantino for better or worse, mm-hmm. and as and Tarantino does that thing exceptionally well. Whether you like it or don't, like mm-hmm. Tarantino's like I'm going to make a western. I know ev- I've seen every single western there mm-hmm. is, and I'm going to make the mm-hmm. the heightened version of every single one. And Eli Roth cannot; he just can't do that. Yeah, I think he understands the like the core of it, and and recreates right. it. And again, for better or worse, uh, you know, everyone has their own feelings on Tarantino. This is not a Tarantino podcast. Uh, Right, yes. (laughs) But yeah, I think Eli Roth 
has an inability to like understand the core of what makes it an enjoyable film. Exactly. So given that, I agree with what both of you have said. Uh, this is not a titillating movie. It is not a scary movie. It is not a thrilling movie. Uh, it, it's not a it's not a good uh, social commentary. If that's what he was trying to go for, probably I mm-hmm. I don't maybe in his mind yes, but it is not. It's not any of the things that it is aspiring to be. He was throwing a lot of spaghetti at the wall. It's very hard to know what it was that he was trying to get stick. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, yes. Exactly. I will say. I agree with Whitney. The music was pretty cool. Again, I like when it's just woven in Mm -hmm. to the story, and that was okay. I thought some of the cinematography was really good, but that's not because of Eli Roth. Mm -hmm. He just hired the right guy. You know, like the cinematographer Mm -hmm. is like, oh, I know how to, you know, okay, good. And and that's, that's really it. Like... I don't. I did. Not, I did not enjoy this at all. Mm-hmm. I was like a little gin drunk when I watched this, mm-hmm. which like can sometimes <laughs> like uh, take the sting away from a movie. Yeah, no, I that d- is bad. I, this did not. I it did not. Would have expected it to be a little bit less bad if you were gin drunk, but it was. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't even decide what to watch after I was done with this movie to like, <laughs> like make what it possibly better. Possibly cleanse my palate. I literally from this no, don't know how to get it out of my system. <laughs> I thought that I would have a negative, like I would somehow link the next thing that I watched to knock knock and and make it worse. So I was like, I'm just going to go to bed, I guess, and I did. I was like, I'm going to bed. When people eat food and then immediately get sick, it's almost never. <laughs> The food that you just ate 20 minutes ago that's right. making you sick, but you'll never be able to eat, eat shrimp fried rice again because you that's right. it. If you just spent a lot of time throwing hours. it up, then you can't yeah. eat it again. And yeah. that's exactly what this, <laughs> I totally understand that fear because I could totally see that happening. I uh, watched it today and I have not been able to get it out of my system yet. So I 100%. I was going to say. I finished this about an hour before we started recording, mm-hmm. so okay, yeah. I think that this is, I think this will be helpful for me, that we will have kind of had this catharsis of talking about <laughs> right. it before I do you anything else. You get the best, right. you know, we get to slam it the whole time, and you're like, great, I feel good. Yeah, it's like, it's like a, you know, like a group session. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Therapy for all well, of us, and then we can move on to something else. Yeah. God, I, I needed it. It does really linger with you, though, in a way that a lot of a lot of the bad movies like I felt rage at Ellie Parker in Generation Um. Yeah. And that rage lasted a little bit longer, but it didn't last nearly as long as this already has. Knock Knock has like stayed with me in a way that I have not really experienced much in film. It's it is certainly weird when your barometer is a movie like Ellie Parker <laughs> or Generation <laughs> Um. You're like, you know, I f- I felt an an immense amount of hatred towards those films, but they're not. <laughs> then so I watched bad Knock as Knock. I thought they were, are they? I was uh, <laughs> too too quick to judge. It takes a very special kind of thing to retroactively make something better or worse, does it not? It does. Mm-hmm. Well, especially retroactively make something that I have said is the worst thing I've ever seen ever related right. to Keanu yeah. or not. Well, because this isn't like hate or boredom or something like this is disgust. Like that's the only response to this movie. And that sticks with you. That's hard to. Yeah. 
And disgust is the only emotion that I feel like Eli Roth can reliably evoke. So, I mean, even like in a better movie, a movie I still don't like, but a better movie like Hostel, that is what it relies on is disgust, you know? Right. That movie in particular, yeah, it vacillates between disgust with like, like some of the performances are funny, but I don't, I do not believe that was intentional. You're like, oh, yeah, that was weird. But I laughed a little. Ugh. Eli. Uh, I didn't read any reviews, but I did just do a scan of reviews um, when I was, like, putting together notes and whatever. And the reviews are generally overall much better than they should be. Um, And I think that it would be interesting to have all of those people review that movie again now in the five years that have passed and see what mm. they said post Me Too and all of the stuff that's happened. I feel like having them sit down and watch it now with incels were not like a thing like they are now five years ago. I think if... if yeah, if I mean, you, they existed, but they weren't something that people knew about in the mainstream. With what we know now culturally, I'd be very curious to see if those reviewers backed up their reviews five years later. Because I feel like everything about this movie is bad. And to get any kind of enjoyment out of it now, just, I don't know. Not like five years ago was not, bitches be crazy was not like a good sentiment or valid thing to think. But (laughs) it just, I think, has particularly held up poorly. Generation M had a 0%. This is, what is it, 37? Is that what what we're at here? It's, it's. Too much. yeah, that's way too much. Nobody should have 30% liked this or 30% of people liking this. Either way, it's raw. It's, 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 it's baffling. We'll never know. We're here to set the record straight is what it is. <laughs> God yes. damn it. Pulling no punches. Right. So uh, I feel a little bit better now. I, think, I do too. Um, the initial sentiment of peaks and valleys could not be truer. It's unbelievable. Uh We were literally one episode ago on Mount Everest. Like, literally. John Wick. So good. And even better on the the most recent rewatch when I'm critically looking at it. And I was so hyped to talk about it that I couldn't sit still before we started recording. And now I'm like, if I could eternal sunshine my mind, I would. Yeah. We're literally below sea level now. It's unbelievable. I I cannot. With this guy. Why did he say yes? <laughs> we'll I never know. know. I don't know. <laughs> he was a producer on this. Like, I don't know if you guys saw was that he? in the credits. I did not. Yeah, yeah, I didn't watch the I credits. Did. I turned it off the second that <laughs> we, we oh, went no, to like, art to is know. not real. And then the wife's face and then the credits started. And I was like, I need to go take a walk around the block and drink some. Right. No, I wanted the names Whatever. of everyone Dream who was cleaner. responsible for this movie. So. <laughs> All right. I'm, I got some strongly worded letters I gotta be writing. <laughs> I need some addresses, some names. I need it all. Lindsay's but got even a after that, list of people yeah, to curse. I've got a it, list. Yeah. And <laughs> these people all need to be cursed. Yeah, some repercussions for being a part of this movie need to, to happen. But even Whitney keeps saying the last shot of the wife's face, the, the actual last shot is like the son saying, Dad had a party. Which is 
the stupidest thing in an already incredibly stupid movie. It was... I think it cuts back to her face. I think you see her face oh, yeah, last after it the might kid go says back to dad her face. had a party. Yeah. yeah. It was the stupidest payoff for the stupidest joke earlier in the film. Right. When he was joking with Lewis about, uh, yeah, that they were going to have a secret party when the family left. Yeah. They literally could have, I mean, it anything would have been better even if nobody said anything and it was just the look on their faces i'd be like that's mm-hmm. a better ending than what mm-hmm. we got like even if everything else was identical i think the a better ending even is not seeing their faces at all like hearing them just the door opening like yeah you hear her say okay kids go to the bathroom and then we're going to feed the dog and then we'll do this and then the door is like about to open Cutting it there, not even seeing their reactions, not even having that payoff of seeing their faces would be better than dad had a party. <sighs> it's bad. Yeah, it's all bad. All right. That's it. It's all out of my system now. We've almost wrapped up <laughs> our thoughts and feelings multiple times and then we keep going. But now I'm really done. Yeah. Let's get Charles in here. Let's jazz it up. I'm ready to, to, to bring the mood up. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. let's start that the way we always do. Pop quiz, asshole. There was a time when I had the need to learn from you. Oh, what the hell do you know? Lose! I don't lose! I win! She got a lot to learn about sportsmanship. Pop quiz, asshole, is our very own quizzo show where the host asks each of us three questions. If one of us gets it wrong, the other has a chance to steal. And if they get it wrong, the other person has a chance to steal, assuming they remember the remaining answer. It's very important. Mm-hmm. It's very important. Can't, can't tell you how many times I've <laughs> fumbled at the one yard line, as, the, as they say. on my own petard. <laughs> <laughs> Points are not cumulative and only determine who wins the episode. Although... You know, I'm looking through the the overall winners here, and it's, you know, there's a trend. It's, you know, come on, come on. Uh, I can say <laughs> that I did not pay very close attention to this film, so I already don't like my odds, but <laughs> I'd like to turn it over to our master of ceremonies, Charles Nolan. Hello, everybody. Hello, Charles. Hello, Charles. Hey, Charles. <laughs> I am so glad to hear your voices. I'm glad to <laughs> hear yours, Charles. You too. Are you all ready for some quiz questions about a terrible movie? <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm glad we all agree, Charles. Great. Yeah, it's, it's unanimous. <laughs> well, let's get started with Lindsay. Okay. Two of the producers of this movie, Colleen Camp and Sandra Locke, have what relation to the 1970s movie Death Game on which this movie was based? A, they helped write it. B, they starred in it. Or C, they did tech work on it together. Huh. Hmm. Well, I'm going to say B, they starred in it. Maybe they were the two women in that one. That is exactly correct. Whoa. Nice. This was actually based off of something. The 1977 movie Death Game. I, oh. That's got to be a better film. It has to be better than this. It has to be, it has be, to be a better this. film. I guarantee it you it's to. a better film. <laughs> Even when we're talking like the 70s and how shitty and misogynistic yes. movies could be in the 70s, I guarantee you that it's better than the Eli Roth movie. 
There is no question. I'm <laughs> not going to try and find out, however. I No. Right. Let's just all agree that it's better. <laughs> I will not do the Sight research unseen. to prove that. Yep. I can say that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Good. Whitney. Mm-hmm. What game show is playing on the TV the morning after Evan spends the night with the girls? Is it A, Jeopardy, B, The Price is Right, or C, Family Feud? C, Family Feud? That is correct. Nice. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to do well at this. I did not. <laughs> I know. I, I know the Family Feud. I know the sounds and the shapes of that. Okay. All right. It was just a protective mechanism. Your brain was trying to let you see as little as possible. <laughs> yeah, literally. Was I in shock? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we all were. I think that's why we <laughs> needed so need much of catharsis. Those, <laughs> did you need one of those aluminum foil blankets and like a cup of a hot I beverage? think so. I'm feeling very yeah. cold right now. All right. <laughs> Andrew. Winnie's chasing the kids down the hall to get them out of the bedroom. He yells, you can't hide from monster. And then says what? A, monster can smell you. B, monster is omniscient. C, monster will find you. Oh, man. Um, how about monster can smell you? It was a very weird thing to say. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. That fits in with the quality of the rest of the dialogue. So that's, yeah, okay. Back up to the top with Lindsay. Once the kids and his wife leave, we see Evan working and blasting some rock and roll. (laughs) Which Kiss song is playing when Karen calls? Oh. Is it A, Beth, B, I want to rock and roll all night, or C, Detroit Rock City? I think it's C, Detroit Rock City. That is correct. Nice. Nicely done. Whitney. Yes. When Belle picks an album and exclaims, you have Spanish music, Evan corrects her with which nationality? A, Argentinian, B, Chilean, or C, Bolivian? I think it was Chilean. That is correct. How are we... How are we doing this, team? I don't know. Trauma? I was prepared to steal that one, though, but he didn't get it because I remember that it was Chilean. I was also prepared to steal your last one, Lindsay. So I really think it's trauma. <laughs> I think that we absorbed so much more than we thought we did because of what the movie put us through. Yeah. Winning this will be a dubious honor. I yes. just want to put that. <laughs> Andrew. What is Evan's last name? Oh, God damn it. Is it A, Willard, B, Williams, or C, Weber? Oh. Williams. That is incorrect. Shit. Steal. I could not hear which one of you said that. <laughs> uh, I said that. Lindsay. Fantastic. Lindsay, take it away. C. Weber. That is correct. Nice. Nicely done. When did they even say that? I don't remember that at all. 
I remember seeing it. They looked at it was like on paperwork or something that they looked at that it was Weber oh, okay. was the last name. I don't uh, think I heard it either. I remember they said seeing it, it once very quickly when they had him tied <laughs> to the chair <laughs> during their own game of pop quiz asshole. <laughs> I guess, yeah. <laughs> Far inferior uh, host to you, Charles. Well, thanks, right? Let's not get any Eli Roth stink on Pop Quiz (laughs) Asshole, please. All right, I take it back. And Lindsay, flattery will not get you extra points. (laughs) (laughs) But it is your turn. So, Lindsay, here we go. What does Genesis claim her name is when she answers the door? when Lewis is there. A, Vivian, B, Bernadette, or C, Macarena? I think it's A, Vivian. That is incorrect. Steel. Andrew. Is it, is it Bernadette? That is correct. Yeah. Why am I trying? I should have just. I, I should just. I should be throwing this. I was gonna say we're all trying too hard for this. Uh, yeah. Intentionally losing pop quiz asshole makes you the asshole. <laughs> That's true. I'm doing this for Charles. That's all. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Whitney. Mm-hmm. Keanu's tirade towards the end of the movie when he's tied to the chair was referred to as what by Eli Roth? A, the free pizza rant, B, the you fucked me rant, or C, the let me go rant. It's gotta be the free pizza rant. That is correct. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's poetry. Oh, it's it's truly. the whole rant is so bad. I tasted bile when he said it's like <laughs> free fucking pizza. It was truly disgusting. Uh, uh. <laughs> Keanu, why you do this? <laughs> you seem like such a nice person. <laughs> Andrew, for the final question in regulation. Okay. Genesis has all her fingernails on her left hand painted except for her pointer. Which finger on her right hand is unpainted? Oh my god. A, middle. B, ring, or C, thumb? Uh, let's just go with, uh, thumb. That is correct. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. The unknowable question. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, we have a three-way tie going into the bonus (laughs) round. Three to three to three. Wow. Uh Uh-huh. I am thoroughly impressed and a little (laughs) bit grossed out. (laughs) As you should be. Moving on to the bonus round. The bonus round is a buzz-in game. Available to anyone to buzz in. What kind of dog is Monkey? Me. Whitney. French Bulldog. That is correct. Yeah, I never would have got that. I love dogs. I can't wait to have one. (laughs) French bulldogs are cute. 
What kind of dog? He's like one of the really cute ass ones. That's no. the one that he <laughs> No, I want like a real fucked up dog. I want a dog that looks like it was hit by a truck and survived. I want like one eyeball and like no teeth and like half an ear. That's the kind of dog that I want. Okay. Question number two. What brand of bubblegum does Belle chew while they're sitting on the couch? Oh, my God. Me. Whitney. Bubble. It's bubble tape. I don't know if that's the brand. Hang on. Now I'm d- doubting myself. It's definitely <laughs> bubble tape. But is it bubble yum bubble tape or bubble tape? I don't know. Bubble tape is my answer. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. <laughs> that's insanity. Well, she... Takes it out and like starts unrolling it and eating it, and I, I, it, I was like, "Why is she eating bubble tape right now?" Yeah, I, I've, you know what, I, I'm remembering. It was like fruit by the, it's like fruit by the foot, but yeah, you know, but the it's bubble gum. Yeah. yeah, I had no idea that was a real thing. Mm-hmm. Yep, it I is. Like it. It's very. Or I liked it very as a kid. Powdery. It is very yes. powdery. So that it doesn't stick together so you can mm-hmm. actually unroll it. It's like coated in, oh. in corn like starch. talcum. <laughs> Not talcum, gross. For the final question of Pop Quiz Asshole. All right. Evan said he was 43. How old was Keanu when he said that? Was he 48? 49 or 50? Me. Andrew. Uh, 49. That is correct. Yes. <laughs> was that what you were going to say, Whitney? Yes, it is. All right. <laughs> this was a very, very close round of Pop Quiz Asshole. It really was. With a final score right. of three to four to five. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Your winner is Whitney. Excellent. There it is. The fanfare plays. Yay me. Another kiss song. (laughs) Are you done your lap? I'm drinking some of my blood orange cider. All right. In celebration. Congratulations. Enjoy that blood orange. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. no. I didn't like that at all. It's glitching. I don't know what happened there. (laughs) (laughs) Let's never mention blood around Charles again. Uh, Nope. We can cross that one off the list. (laughs) Some kind of techno vampire. Yeah. Yeah. That checks out. That checks out. I'll take it. <laughs> well, Charles, what, do you have anything else for us? I certainly do. I've got a round of pop quiz audience. Excellent. All right. So the winner from last time's pop quiz audience was Zoe P. Yeah, oh, Zoe. Getting Crushing it. All three questions correct. Oh, my gosh. The questions were, how many people does John Wick kill in this movie? The answer was 77. Not bad. So many John people. Wick has a tattoo on his back. <laughs> Fortis, Fortuna, Adiavat. What does this mean? It means fortune favors the strong. 
Mm. And the story that Vigo tells about John killing three men with a pencil is a reference to a scene in what 1979 thriller novel? It was Shibumi by Rod Whitaker. Wow. Cool. I've never heard of that, but I, but I like the name. <laughs> yeah. A security guard was reading that story in a booth in the movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, you did mention As that. another little nod. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. So for this pop quiz audience and all going forward, if you correctly answer one question, you are ineligible to be considered a winner for the other questions. Right. So, yeah, Zoe pulled a Whitney there. I understand. I understand. <laughs> Zoe P is the Whitney of the audience, for sure. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, pop quiz audience, question number one. How long will it take the Uber driver to arrive when Evan, quote-unquote, calls for one? Question number two. By what nickname does Karen call Evan over text when she's worried about him? And question number three. We see it at one point in the movie. What is Evan's DJ name? We saw that? We I totally did. missed that. I wish I had seen that. I really do. It <sighs> is not good. <laughs> I'm oh my gosh. Keeping on, on theme. Be? Yeah. It's a, it's yeah. a good thing that I will be listening next week to find out the answer. There you go. Have at it, audience. Please tweet to me at the Nolan, T H E N O W L I N. Or tweet with the hashtag PopQuizAudience. And you'll get called out on the next episode for being a winner like Zoe P. I didn't want to say this before Pop Quiz Asshole because I didn't know if it was going to come up as a trivia question or not. But I think that the thing that they did that made me most feel like they were unhinged is when they were doing that breakfast mania scene. When she was dipping the lollipop into peanut butter and eating it off of a sucker, <laughs> it made me so uncomfortable, violently uncomfortable. I just didn't want to be like, what does she dip her lollipop into in her own question? So I didn't bring it up beforehand. But I do not require sustenance to survive, but a lollipop and peanut butter sounds quite awful. I, especially when you're eating it with a side of scrambled eggs in a dog bowl. I just... But, like, yeah, no, I don't want a lollipop dipped in peanut butter. Thank you. And I quite like lollipops and peanut butter, but. Right. (sighs) All right. Well, Charles, (laughs) as always, thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoy this game. As do we. (laughs) I I love this game. I don't always like the movies that the game (laughs) is about, but. This always I've makes never, me feel better. I've never not liked playing the game, even if right. I absolutely hated the movie. <laughs> yes. I am going to go back to my void where I will try to forget the memory of this movie. <laughs> Let us know if you figure out how, how to do that. Yeah, if you crack that, like, we'd like to hear about that. it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks a lot, Charles. Thank you. All right. Whitney has... Uh, has the floor 
Yeah. You can tell us anything you want about how this movie unfolds, please. All right. Well, I was just going to read off of Wikipedia because Perfect. I was unable to mentally sustain watching this movie <laughs> and taking notes. Uh, so Wikipedia says, architect and happily married man Evan Weber has the house to himself and his dog Monkey on Father's Day weekend due to work and a physical therapy appointment for a shoulder injury while his wife and children go on a family-planned beach trip. His wife, Karen, a successful artist, leaves their assistant, Louis, in charge of her sculpture that needs to be moved to an art gallery. Two women, Genesis and Belle, knock on Evan's door. He opens the door, and they say they are looking for the address of a party. As they have no means of communication, Evan allows them in to use the internet and get a hold of the party's host. The girls make themselves at home, and Evan plays a few of his old vinyl records from when he was a DJ. They then disappear to the bathroom when their driver arrives. Evan tries to convince them to leave, but they start forcing themselves upon him. He gives in and has a threesome with them. After Evan, Genesis, and Belle have had sex, Evan finds out that his wife's sculpture has been vandalized by the girls. When he threatens to call the police, the girls reveal that they are underage. Hmm. Vivian, a friend of Karen, stops by to see if Evan needs help. Seeing Genesis, Vivian angrily leaves. And uh, they say a friend of Karen's, but she's the physical, she's the physical therapist. therapist. So I yeah. don't know whoever wrote this. I don't know why they chose friend of Karen's over physical therapist. But uh, So he sees Genesis and leaves angrily, being like, I can't believe you would do such a thing. When he threatens to report a break-in, they give in and agree to be taken home. He drives them and then returns home, cleans the mess, and tries to go back to his work. Just as he is getting closer to completing his project, he hears a shattering noise. He finds a broken picture frame of his family on the ground, and Genesis knocks him out with one of his wife's sculptures. Belle climbs onto him, trying to arouse him, while role-playing as a schoolgirl in his daughter's school uniform. Evan initially refuses, but the girls threaten to FaceTime his wife with him unless he agrees to their methods. Belle rapes him, and Genesis records everything. However, Evan manages to release himself, knocking Belle off the bed. He charges at Genesis, but is then disarmed by her and Belle, who tie him up to a chair with an electrical cord. Louis arrives to collect the sculpture, and he finds Evan, but before he can help him, he hears the girls smashing the vandalized sculpture. He runs to stop them, but has an asthma attack and realizes that the girls took his inhaler. As he tries to get it back, he slips on a piece of the sculpture, hits his head while falling, and dies. They turn Louis's body into a red papier-mâché sculpture and dig a makeshift grave in the backyard for Evan. They also use both Evan and Lewis's phones to text and make it look like Lewis discovered that Evan had had an affair with Lewis's wife and because of this was murdered by Evan. The girls trash the house and convince Evan to play hide and seek. And when Genesis and Belle begin trying to find Evan, he makes an escape out of the house only to be stopped and held at gunpoint by Genesis. At dawn, they tie Evan up with a hose and then bury him in the hole, leaving only his head above ground. The two then reveal how the entire ordeal was merely a game, as they never intended to kill Evan, nor are either of them underage, and that everything they did was part of a wicked hobby of seducing, torturing, and ruining the homes of married men with children. 
Genesis shows Evan the video she recorded earlier with his phone of him and Belle having sex. As Evan watches on, she uploads it to his Facebook profile. They depart for another victim and take Monkey with them, leaving Evan to his fate as Karen and the kids arrive to find the house ruined with Evan's son Jake saying, Daddy had a party. And then apparently this ends with, this synopsis ends with, in an alternate ending, Evan takes his revenge by finding the girls in another house where he knocks on the door and asks who's there. Oh, no. So apparently he was going to go, apparently he was going to go kill the girls in an alternate ending. I didn't know that. And, but Wikipedia says so. Yeah, but no. that is, that is somehow an even worse dad joke than the party thing because mm-hmm. it's. Oh my God! Oh, uh, Dan, uh, Daniel Spencer, who Andrew mentioned earlier, is saying that there's going to be a payoff with the dog stealing. Is that that's how he finds them? Is that the dog was chipped? So that's how he tracks the girls down to kill them in the alternate ending. Oh my God! Hmm. Well, that's right. it. I, that might have been a way to make that movie worse. <laughs> this episode is done. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Let's talk about. <laughs> do you ultimately recommend this film? No, none of us do. Absolutely it your Keanu, not at all. Keanu rankings, it's the very last one. It's 51 out of 51. <laughs> um, it's like how many movies exist in the world because it is uh, at the end of that. It's at the bottom of that actual list. Yeah, of extant movies. It's at the very bottom. I am absolutely fascinated by... How many bad, terrible, like worst of all time movies we have seen starring Keanu Reeves. It's unbelievable. Not that Ellie Parker starred Keanu Reeves. Don't get it. We we probably should have skipped that movie given the time in his. And I would recommend that any person doing a full Keanu watch through skip Ellie Parker because it's literally seconds of him playing bass. With his band, and one second of him in an alleyway, and then you're done, and that's it. So skip Ellie Parker if you're doing a full watch through. Yes, not not worth it. But it is, it's 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 astonishing, really. Like some yeah. of the worst films ever. Not just like oh, bad Keanu Reeves movies. No, these are bad movies. And what's weird <laughs> to me is that he has such a reputation for bad movies, but none of the movies that are like, oh my gosh, it's so bad, it almost killed his career, are nearly as bad as the other bad movies that we've seen. Like, The the Watcher was fine. Like, it wasn't right. great, but it was not any... Why have we not heard <laughs> about Generation Um when we're talking about Keanu making <laughs> terrible movies? I have yes. never heard of that movie before this podcast. Like, I just didn't know yeah. that movie existed. <laughs> Uh, what was the, I think, didn't we have trivia on that? It opened to two screens, maybe, uh, total. Yeah. So, yeah, there's definitely a reason for that. But but I just feel like the ones that I have heard about, the lake house, for example. I heard the lake house was so, so bad. I had this whole impression of what the lake house was, and it was a perfectly fine rom-com. Right. And the movies that people give him shit for, the... the, the like 
like Bill and Ted, like, oh, Bill, I don't know why Bill and Ted comes up as like a movie of a, an example that he can't act, but that just, that continues to come up and it's like, mm-hmm. no, have you seen any of the, the bottom 10 on either of our lists? <laughs> These <Yeah>. are <laughs> legitimately terrible. And he... I don't think we talked about it. He was he was not a good actor in this movie, in my opinion. I I did no. not like any of anything he did. Really, I didn't. I didn't, I like didn't any believe of it. like any of it. It wasn't you know even if yeah no it was very weird. Like I said, there was parts of this that felt like it was a student oh, thesis guys, film. Let's stop talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't okay. want to think Thank about you. knock knock anymore. All right, we just had. I just it was just uh, yeah. I had to get it. You know, we I just it's just neat. I couldn't sit on it anymore. So there mm-hmm. we go. But it's out. Like it's recorded. It's it's in the world. And hopefully we can just if if we just save one other we life, save one person exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this it. whole thing would be worth it, you know. So please, for our sake, nobody watch this movie. Right. It's it's I, it's unbelievable to me to say once again in season three, no one recommends it. It is at the bottom of the list. Oh my god! I can't believe oh we're god. still having. We're we are in the Keanu sense, and we're still having movies where it's like. <laughs> the bottom of the list yeah really weird really weird so let's 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 move on to greener pastures let's mm-hmm. talk next week all right uh i will be stepping us through a film called exposed which I, i'll be honest i have not even i've never even heard of that movie don't know anything about it it could be nope, another I've generation never heard of it either <laughs> so i guess yet another adventure i <laughs> i have to believe I have to believe that it's going to get better. <laughs> like, I just, I, please don't break me. Please I don't break me, Keanu. We're so close. I on my own tongue if I see a film worse than Knock Knock. Okay, this. but I, I've heard you say that a few times. I know, and it keeps <laughs> happening, and I keep thinking I might die because of it. Right, it's, uh, so. I you might know. die, guys. It's don't, dire. Don't do that. It's dire out here. All right. Just have the mini defib. How can there be so many good movies and so many terrible movies? (laughs) Okay. Just just this guy. Don't know anything about Exposed. Yeah. Again, cautiously optimistic. Uh, I don't know. I, I... I didn't. I don't even know what this looks like in no, terms of. I, I, can't I didn't even, see any cover art. I can't art even or, picture the cover art exactly. I have, I'm just I've say. never heard of it. I have no idea of any kind of genre or anything that it's in. It's a complete Perfect. mystery. Yeah, this is one of those nebulous ones. It's like, oh, this was on the way to. He has another string of movies here between the next the John Wick one and two. It's about five or six in there somewhere. So um, it'll be interesting because I haven't seen any of them. So. One of these is going to be our another watch party, I believe. So we'll let you know. We're still coordinating all that. We got to see what's on Netflix. But that'll be, hopefully that'll be good next week. So that's all done. We did it. I hope we feel a little bit better about ourselves. <laughs> got it off our chest. <laughs> yes. So uh, we'll be back next week. But Lindsay, can you please tell the fine folks where they could find you and maybe even Whitney on the internet? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, Whitney and I happen to have a podcast called Historical Hotties. And we take different categories of historical figure and try and figure out who's the biggest babe. And the episode we have coming out uh, next is a really great one. It's all about people who were at the Chicago World's Fair in uh, 1890. And it's 
a real good episode. It's, I'm just uh, gonna give you a little bit of a of a spoiler. We are pitting <laughs> one of the world's only female stagecoach robbers against the person who invented the dishwasher. Wow. Don't Who's hotter? Shows. How do you even decide that? <laughs> you have to listen to find out. Yep. It's what good a good episode. <laughs> what a tease. <laughs> <laughs> We go on a brief, um, like, murder digression in the beginning, <laughs> just because of H.H. H. Holmes. That's <laughs> right, yeah. We kind of get into a murder track, but we get back out of it again. We get we get out. Just as a side note, I can't believe that, I mean, you, you bring this up, you bring up H.H. H. Holmes, and I can't, I actually can't believe how many people I know are currently reading The Devil in the White City, I think it's called, uh-huh. which is yep. uh, the book that merges the two World's Fair and H.H. H. Holmes story together, because they mm-hmm. weird overlap. Cool. Cool stuff. So yeah, that's that was partial inspiration for this episode theme. And there's so many people at the Chicago World's Fair. Like so much stuff was invented and unveiled and so many speakers and whatever. And so many people were influenced by it that we think we're going to make it a regular series because there's a lot wow. of fascinating people in a lot of different areas. And so you get things like pitting female stagecoach robbers, like one of the only in the world against the person who invented against the dishwasher. Against an inventor, Yeah. <laughs> So it's so can fun. be fun about the time and place specific episodes as you get pairings you never would otherwise. So yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh, and then also I was on almost better than silence. We recorded, I believe that it will come out this same week as this. I'm not sure of all of the schedules. It might be the week before this, but go check out almost better than silence. We talk about video games. We talked uh, they talked mostly about Animal Crossing. I talked about other stuff. But, you know, Animal <laughs> Crossing is big in the zeitgeist right now with the pandemic. Sure. So it's the, it's the salve most people need. You yeah, know? I'm, I'm having serious FOMO about Animal Crossing, not playing it, because everyone I know is playing it in some form. Anyway, talk about video games, almost better than silence. Check it out. Lindsay was just recently on Myth Takes. Yes, I'm in the middle of an arc right now where my uh, apocalypse demon had an alter ego named Tim who sold insurance. So <laughs> that's so many podcasts <laughs> between the two of you. It's unbelievable. You could fill a backlog with just what you two are on, mm-hmm. which is great. Which I is mean, great. it's true. It's quality we've, content. We've produced a lot of content in the last couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's like uh, it's like the Netflix of podcasts. I will never actually get to it all, but it's it's comforting <laughs> to know that it's there. You know, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In these qu- quarantine pandemic times, if you want to hear our voices, you basically can. So, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Andrew, where can we find you? I uh, I will just I will just promote a thing that I made recently that I was pretty proud of that. Took me by surprise. I made this. I'm a very uh, OCD person when it comes to my computering, right? I like to be organized. I like to do all this stuff. So I made this set of folder and drive icons that I'm calling Type A. And uh, you can find that at andrewgormley.com slash Type A. It's like a cup of coffee, right? But uh, it's like... What did it? What was it? Two hundred and eighty-seven icons, or something like that. And uh, you can—it's very colorful. It makes me happy, and it's already made quite a quite a few other people happy. So check that out. And nice. that's that's what I'll say. I, I, I also love he's it. at Dark Driving everywhere on the internet. At Dark Driving, you'll find it there too. It's I'm sure it's pinned or very close. I've just been retweeting all the happy people recently, so it's great. Nice. And uh, that'll do it for this episode. So. 
Thanks for sticking with me, team. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Another one that feels like a favor. <laughs> Thank you all for joining us. And in the words of Phyllis Preston and Ted Theodore Logan, be excellent to each other and party on, dudes. Jamie was like this close to physically taking the remote out of my hands and turning off knock knock. <laughs> was was he there uh just like overhearing what was happening? He wasn't like an active participant. Yeah, no, this is one of the, this is one of the few that he has been actually sitting on the couch with me watching. Most of the time he's doing other stuff, planning RPGs or or whatever. Um and this one, he was actually sitting down because I didn't know how gory it was going to be or how scary it was going to be. And so I asked him to be there in case it got scary. And yeah. he yelled so loud multiple times and literally <laughs> almost physically turned the movie off and was like, I don't care if you have a podcast. We're done here. <laughs> I like I like that enthusiasm, though, because that's yeah, kind of what this movie good deserves. Yeah. <laughs> It he's, is. He's oh, I don't keeper. blame him for it at all. I was so happy that that was his re reaction. I was like, yes, that's a good man right there.